We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, hallelujah. You're worthy, Jesus. Lord God. Hallelujah. Well, God bless each and every one tonight. Um, well, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and get started. And I tell you, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to keep you long tonight. So I'm just going to kick off and, and go and uh, we're going to get the landing gear up and then we're going to get the landing gear down and, and we're going to praise God. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is just a simple message, but I felt like it's important. Just an important, something important. And well, I don't know about you, but to me, I think salvation is pretty important. So that's that's what I'm going to be preaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it, um, talking about tonight. And uh, I have a title, and the title I came up with here is Surrender to Your Salvation. Surrender to Your Salvation. So just a little short before I get in and read this first scripture, I'm going to tell you that Surrender is not something that a military person is really should be comfortable with, okay? They, they should not be comfortable with that. Um, in some instances, back in the olden days, I would say, back in the pre-Gulf uh, War days, surrender was an honorable thing, and, and, and people did surrender one to another, and, and they obeyed the laws of war and that kind of thing. But that's kind of gone out the window these days. So we have to understand this is a whole new paradigm that, that is operating today. So with that, I, I will say I'm going to start with Romans 13 and 11. And it says this. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awaken out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Knowing the time, for now our salvation is nearer than we believe. Uh, you may be seated. Surrender is something that, that should be something of a foreign subject or a foreign topic for someone in the military, but, but not for a Christian. Not for a Christian. We sh this is something we should be very familiar with. This is something we should be well-versed in, in surrender and obedience and, and following after, after the Spirit of the Lord. Um, it's something that, that we should feel comfortable with and we should feel confident in because there is nothing greater that we can do than surrender our will, our personal, God-given will, free will, and surrender that over to God. That's the single greatest thing that we can do because God's not going to violate that. And that's part of salvation. We have to be willing to make a surrender. We have to make a sacrifice. We have to be prepared to give God what he will never take for himself. That is important. That is, that is, is very important. And for, for, new, for new converts and for, for new believers, it's, it's probably... You don't have to have a military background. It's just not something that's real commonplace these days. We see people live 
in, in, a, in a difficult world. We live in a tough world. There's hard knocks out there. I bet you everybody in here can tell me about somewhere where, where something didn't quite go your way and it kind of, and it hurt and, and, it, and it makes you kind of ruffle up a little bit and you feel like, well, hey, then I, if that's going to happen, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to keep my arms out a little bit, keep my little safety zone around me. And, and that's how a lot of us go through life. And if you're not careful, that's how a lot of Christians will go through life with their, with their feelers out and with their bumpers up. And they don't, want to, they don't want to interact with people who are not saved or they don't want to interact with somebody who's not in their immediate family or a stranger or a homeless person or, or anything like that. We, we, we get into a point where we, the world has, has, has brought things in our life that we don't appreciate. And it, this happens to all of us. This is just the human condition, if, if, it, if you want to be honest. Uh, we cannot live like the world. We cannot live like the world. It's just not, we're, we're not to be of the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We can't live like the world. We cannot even think like the world. We have to think differently. We can't think like normal, everyday people think out in the world because that is prohibiting them from, from, from getting a hold of the things of God, the spiritual things, the things that are going to bring you closer to God and, and give you salvation, as it were. This world is not my home. We're just passing through. If I value this world more than I value eternity, I'm going to miss eternity. And, and so are you. Uh, Psalm 34:18 says this. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. A broken heart and a contrite spirit. What is a contrite spirit? A contrite spirit is, is, is having a spirit, a remorseful spirit, or having a conviction in your spirit. That's with a contrite, it's con, it's against, you're against the spirit, or it's against God's spirit. Uh, we, we, we have remorse, we have a conviction. Why do we have conviction in our life? Why do we have uh, conviction or become convicted in life? It's because our spirit, our soul, desires to be with and follow after God. But when we don't allow our spirit to follow God and we're following after the flesh, it grieves your spirit. It grieves our very own spirit. We, we, we are hurting ourselves. It's, uh, there's a... There's a there's a thing which is known, uh, or it's called, it's called a, a Pyrrhic victory. I was reading the other day and, and was kind of looking into this. There was a, the, the Pyrrhic Wars before, you know, back in the ancient Roman days. And basically, it's a, it's a saying that has become commonplace. And what it, what it stands for is an empty victory or a hollow victory. If we've ever heard of those terms, a hollow victory or an empty victory. What happened during those wars is that... One of the sides, they fought, and, and even they, it was such a, a deadly battle, and it was such a hard-fought battle that even the victorious side would never recover even as they were the victors. So if we can apply that to our life, how, how, how can it be? We can have everything this world has to offer. We could have money, fame, and please, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want fame. I'll take a little bit of money, but I don't want, I mean, th you know what I'm saying? There's things. This world, I'm human. I'm like everybody else. I, I want to be comfortable, okay? I, I want things to happen, but there's things that the world has to offer that, that 
that people strive for in their daily lives each and every day. That's what they put in uppermost in their mind is I'm going to go out today and I'm going to do X, Y, Z so I can get this car, this suit, this house, whatever it is. I want to see this many commas in my bank account. This is the mindset of the world. This is the world. It's a trap. It's a trap. I'm literally telling you right now, it's a trap. We have to do, we have to work. Uh, the Bible says if we don't work, we shouldn't eat. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. And, and I've, I've done it. I've been there. And I, I still do. But, but what I'm saying is we, we can't get to a point where all we're concerned about is the temporal things that we see with our eyes. We have to be more concerned with things that we don't see than the things that we do see. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 41 says this. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak, uh, church. Uh, the flesh is weak. There's no doubt about it. I, I've, I find myself feeling this, this scripture from time to time. I, I say, why can't I do, why can't I pray longer? Or why can't I dedicate something greater than what I'm already doing. And there, there's a progression as Christians. We're supposed to grow in Christ. We're supposed to get closer to God as we mature as Christians. And that's great. And I, I believe that as long as we're making forward progress, we're taking one step after the next, one foot after the other. If we're moving down the right path, we're going to get closer to God. And, and the fruits are going to come. The fruits will take care of themselves. We don't have to worry. About, God's going to. He, he, God is, is, is good for every promise he ever makes. God is going to be there, and he is going to reward those that follow after him. For the preaching of the cross, oh, excuse me, everyone seems to be these days, and I, I include myself in this, is looking for, for inner peace, and, um, and that's a good thing. I mean, I think we should look for inner peace, but people have looked near and far to multiple religions around the different around the world all over the place and and there's you know there is such thing as perfect peace we need to find it in Jesus Christ we need to find perfect peace in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ there is no other perfect peace you're not going to find it in a in an idol you're not going to find it in a statue you're not going to find it in a in the downward dog or whatever those yoga positions are I'm telling you right now you're not going to find that folks I'm not saying that stretching is bad. I'm not saying that those things are all bad for you. But I'm telling you right now, we need to be looking in the right place as Christians. We cannot let this world distract us. We cannot let this world mislead us into places that we really don't belong or we shouldn't prioritize in our life. Um, that was my prayer for so many years, uh, particularly when I first got into church. I, I would always pray. If I prayed, I was praying, God, I pray you give me peace. I, pray, I was... I was I was having a, a struggle in my mind. I was having a struggle in my mind. And it's difficult. I, it, you know, it, it can be hard. And there's more people today. They say the United States is the leading consumer of prescription drugs for mental illness or mental challenges, whatever you want to call it, than just about the rest of the entire world combined the United States is leading with. If that doesn't tell you something, that tells you people's mind is not at perfect peace. People's minds are struggling. 
people's minds are in torment. People's minds are in places that they don't want them to be. We have to find a way to come closer to God, to find God, to find that peace that he gives us, the peace that passes all understanding. Um, Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. This was my most frequent prayer when I came to God and started living my life for him. I still pray for peace often. I really do. I guess it just took me a little while to figure out that uh, I needed to, to keep my mind stayed on him. <laughs> That's the way. That's the key. You got to keep your mind stayed on him. And, hey, it's working because God has given me peace. God has, he really has. Honestly and truthfully, he has given me peace. I am at peace in my life right now. I've never, I've never been in a better place psychologically or mentally, and, and, and it's awesome. God is a healer. He will, he will take what is broken, and he will hear your prayers. He like, just like he hears the prayers that we pray each and every service we come up here. We're praying for healing. We're praying for comfort. We're praying for peace. God, God hears those prayers, and God answers those prayers to those that are faithful and, and stay with him. Um, the best decision that I ever made in my life was to say that I'm going to live for God. And no matter what happens, I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to be diverted. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be insulted. I'm not going to be offended. There, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to turn me away from living my life for God. The best thing I ever did was choose to live my life for God. But I'm here to tell you right now, church, the best thing you could ever do is choose to live your life for God. Plain and simple, number one, that is, that is the, that's what it's all about, folks. That is what it's all about. I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir tonight, but it's important. We have, to, we have to understand this. This is so important. We have to say, hey, I won't turn back. I won't turn back. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I've been through trials. We've all been through trials, but I'm never going to turn away and turn my back on God. It's the best thing that you can ever do. First uh, Corinthians 1 and 18. So thinking about the world and talking about the world and being a military man my, most of my adult life, um, well, it's getting to a point where it's not going to be most of my adult life anymore because I'm going to be retired longer than I ever served, if, give it a few more years. Uh, but <laughs> anyhow, um, some, of these, some of these ideas are foreign to, to people in the world. They don't understand. What do you mean, surrender to God? What, what does that mean? That just, that doesn't make any sense. They're like, I don't, I don't get it. What does surrendering to God, and, and then why? What's God going to do with me when I surrender to him? Well, it's important. It's not, it's really not supposed to make sense to the world, okay? And this is where I'm going with this. It's not supposed to make sense to the world because we're not of the world. The church is not of the world. We are in the world, but not of the world, um, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. That's those who are not in Christ. Foolishness. But unto us which are saved. To us which have the salvation of God. It is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God to us that are saved. We need to understand we're not going to fit in. And you shouldn't fit in in the world. You shouldn't fit in 
in, in, in social circles that don't have some kind of a Christian, uh, some kind of a Christian orientation to them. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places we could spend our time and serve our fellow man, but when it boils down to it, we need to be following God. We need to be in church. We need to be involved in the mission of the church. We need to be involved in, in, in the salvation of souls. That's what's ultimately important. Proverbs 13 and 20 says this, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's what I'm talking about right there. So if these people that don't understand anything about the cross, if it's foolishness to them, that's saying we probably don't need to keep those people right next close to us and, and take all the advice that they want to give us on how to live and what's right and what's wrong and what's moral and what's not moral. There was, no, there was very little morality in the world before Jesus Christ and the, and the uh, Ju Judaism became uh, into the world. There was very little moral behavior. It was, it was a free-for-all. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. They kind of lived just a couple steps above the caveman or the Neanderthal or, or whatever it is. Uh, morality really only came and still does today comes from God. It comes from God's morals, from God's sense of what is right and what is wrong. We have to follow God if we want to be moral people. We have to follow God if we want to have a moral country, if we want to have moral communities. We have to follow after God. Our founders believe that. It's in the writings. Just, just read it. I mean, I like history. Um, many of you probably know more about it than I do, but our founding fathers, it was on the Judeo-Christian Judeo beliefs, and we became the greatest nation on the face of the earth in the history of the world because we based our beliefs on Judeo-Christian values and teachings. I don't want to be a companion of fools. I don't want to be someone who is not wise. Um, I didn't study philosophy, so I, so I could not be wise. Uh, the word philosophy is, is love of wisdom. That's philio and sophia, is love of wisdom. I wanted to be wise, but I had to put my, my, my Christian brain into effect before I got twisted up in the, in the thoughts of the world and the wisdom of the world because wisdom of God supersedes any wisdom of this world and it's never gonna it's not always gonna make sense to me it's not always gonna make sense to people in this world but I trust in God and I know his word is true he, he he's always gonna be true uh, there's another scripture that I, I want to read and that's John 15 and 13 greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends we must be prepared to make any sacrifice necessary for him. We need to surrender our will. We need to surrender our will. Number one, we have to surrender our will to God's will if we're going to make it in, in this world. Uh, if we're going to show the world who God really is, we need to be prepared to make a sacrifice. We need to make a sacrifice in all areas of our life, of our time, our talents, our, our, our prosperity, all of those things, everything that we have, we should be giving to the God, giving to the Lord, giving to God, because it shows what what is a priority in your life. That's how you can tell what somebody really cares about, what somebody really is going to serve. If you're going to serve God, it's going to show in your actions. If you're going to serve God, it's going to show 
in, in, your, in your associations. If you're going to serve God, it's going to show in your life, and the fruit of the Spirit will be there with you. Um, I've heard it said time and time again that a good leader would never ask of their subordinate anything that they were not willing to do themselves. And Jesus is the greatest leader who ever, ever walked the face of the earth, and he gave the ultimate sacrifice and he gave the ultimate example to us. He was willing to lay down his life for us. He was willing to lay down his life for the salvation that we're here celebrating, that we're here embracing, that we're here, that we are here for right now, that we're, you wouldn't be here for any other reason. I mean, we're here because we want to make heaven our home, church. I want to make heaven my home, and I, wanna, I want my family to be saved. I want my children to be saved. I, I want my neighbors to be saved. Uh, I want everyone that I, I can help to come and be saved and experience this gift that God has given us, especially in this time right now, in Christmas time. I, I don't know. I, just, I, really, I really feel like I just draw closer to Christ in Christmas. It's not the same. When I was living for the world, I celebrated Christmas like a heathen, basically. I, I wasn't you know, reading scriptures and, and, and praying and, and things like that. I was just having a party and, you know, buying gifts for people. And, and that was what it was all about. But that's not what this is all about. This is about recognizing that God made the sacrifice for you. And he made that sacrifice for me. And he would do it again for every single one of us in this, in this place tonight. And every, he would do it for any single person on the earth right now. That's how much he loves us. So the concept of surrender is, is a foreign concept. I want to I tell you a little story, a very short story about, uh, I guess you'd say like an incident that occurred when I was, when I was, um, I was a, what's called an officer, I worked for the officer candidate school. I was like basically like a drill instructor for the officer candidate school. So we had to teach enlisted people the skills to become officers, which is the leaders, uh, commissioned officers. I was a non-commissioned officer. I was also a TAC officer, which is, is like the drill sergeant part. Well, I always think back to this, and I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll never forget it. And I'm not going to name anybody's name, but I will say this. Um, this was back in 2005, and uh, we, were teaching, we were teaching a class on the law of war, the laws of war, law of warfare. Geneva Convention, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we, did, we had like a round, round, round robin type of a question and answer type thing, and we, we come to the question, we said, well, it, here's a situation. You know, your, your guys are here, and we're in, this is 2005, so the, the Iraq war was, was going on right now, or Afghanistan, one of the two, or both probably, were already going on. And <coughs> we know what kind of brutality was, was happening there. And we asked, we asked around, we said, hey, so if this is a situation, would you surrender? And we went around and, and got people's answers. And every single person in the class answered correctly, which is no, I'm not going to surrender, and except for one person. And I'm not sure if this person was doing this just to see what kind of reaction they would get from us or if they really believed it. But they said, no, I, I would surrender. And... My instinct, I, I just, I was about to attack the guy, okay? I, I was like, are you kidding me? I was like going to teach him a lesson, but I didn't. And this was before I was in church, okay? Just so you all know. 
<laughs> and uh, it was just, it was, it was insane. It was absurd. So we had to, this guy wanted to debate us on, on the merits of surrender. Like I said, and we said, well, you must be living in, you know, the, uh, the old days, you know, when it was like, oh, you know, let's draw, let's draw pistols at 20 paces, and you know, I won't, I promise, I won't turn around before. That's not the way. That's not the way this thing operates any longer. So we explained to him, if you surrender, you know, they're gonna tie you up, and they're they're gonna they're gonna kill you in front of a camera, and they're gonna exploit you and your men, and and your your soldiers. Would you, if you're gonna die, listen. I'm here to break it to you tonight. We're all going to die, okay? We're all going to die. It's only a matter of time. I could die tonight. Any of us could die tonight. It's just a matter of time. Do I want to go out on my knees with my hands behind my back with a camera in my face and some guy hacking away at my, at my throat making some uh, video to put on the Internet? Or do I want to die fighting? And we had to explain this to that person. And there is no surrender. There is no surrender. But I said that so I can say this. We are not of the world. We're not of the world. We are Christians. We, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to him and him alone. <laughs> Hebrews 13 and 5 says this. Let your con conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Is there anybody here that has the perfect peace and is content with our God tonight? I mean, thank you, Lord Jesus. This is, you're so great, Lord. I, I, I wouldn't be here today. I, that's, I know that's, that's said over and over, but it's so true. I would never, I don't know where I would be, but I would be a wretch undone without you, God. And I, I know one thing, and that one thing I know is that he has never lost a battle. He has never lost a battle, and he never will lose a battle. Isaiah 6 and 1 says this, In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. His train filled the temple, church, and it's not a small temple. This was a very large temple. Probably, I don't know how big, but much larger than this sanctuary. And his train, which was his, his robe or his train of, of victor, where he would take the robe of the kings or those that he defeated in combat, and they would add them to the train, and it would just be one big, long train. It filled the entire temple. God's never lost a battle. God's not going to start losing today. He's never lost a battle. He is eternally, eternally victorious. God is eternally, Jesus Christ is eternally victorious. If You can trust in him. If you're going to surrender, who would you like to surrender to? And I, I propose this. If I'm going to surrender, I'm going to surrender to that one that is eternally victorious. The one who's never going to leave me or forsake me. The one who's never going to let me down. The one who's never going to put me aside. The one who's never going to put on me more than he desires. He knows that he's going to, he, he's going to see us through. To, to die is to gain in the kingdom of God. 
We, we don't follow after the philosophy of the world. We don't do that. We have to understand that God is so great, he will never let us down or lead us astray. If I'm ever going to truly surrender in this life, it's going to be to the one true Lord and King of all eternity, and that's Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord God. I praise you, and I serve you, Lord Jesus, each and every day of my life. I will never surrender anything except to you, my God. Um, if the... Uh, if the um, Musicians like to come. I'm, I'm going to finish this thing real quick. I told you it wasn't going to be long. Hebrews 13 and 5 says this. I read that one already. So what I'm going to do now is just read a few more scriptures talking about who God is to us. Not just to me, but to us. 2 Samuel 22, 29 through 37 says this. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leapt over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness has made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. God is a great leader. He's looking out for his troops. He is leading us into prosperity. He is leading us into salvation. He is leading us on the path of righteousness. We can trust in him with our very life. We can trust in him. One more. Psalm 18 and 1 through 6. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and my horn of salvation. And my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. He's just waiting for you. He's waiting for me. He's waiting for us, church. He's ready. He's ready. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to commune with you. He wants to be with you. Let's stand across this building right now. If there's anything that I'm ever going to surrender to, it's to God. I need to learn to yield to His Spirit. My prayer used to be, 
God, I, I want your peace. I need your peace. And I just come to this realization. I don't know. This is just for me, most likely. But I'll tell you what my prayer is lately, what my most frequent prayer is. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how long I pray, where I pray, all that good stuff. But I will tell you what one of my most frequent prayers is today. And that is this. God, help me, God. 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 I beg you, Lord, just help me. Help me be a better me. Help me be a better man. Help me be a better Christian. Help me be a better father. Help me be a better leader. Help me, God. Just help me. We need to approach God with humility. We need to approach God humbly. God hears that prayer. God hears that prayer. But I know I can't do it without you, God. I could never do this without you. I couldn't even try to make the effort to live for you if I didn't know you were behind me 110% holding my hand, paving the way, leading my path, lighting my path, making my way straight, Lord. Without you, I could never make it. So just help me, God. I pray right now that you can ask God to help you tonight, to help us all to surrender to him more than we ever have before, to surrender to him fully, because there's more. There is more for us. There is more for you. There is more for me. There is more. Last scripture I have here is Revelation 2 and 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. This world's not my home, church. This world is not your home, church. There's a lot worse things than losing this life right here. That could be missing heaven, missing salvation. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. This altar is open. Let's, let's ask him for that salvation. Let's show him that we appreciate his sacrifice. Let's show him that we, that we hear his voice and we, we put ourselves in a position to, to be used of God, to be guided by God, to be directed by God. Let our steps be directed by him. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a true Christian. I don't want to be a follower of the world or the things of the world. We need to be willing to sacrifice and surrender everything that this world has to offer and live for the internal inheritance of heaven. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I'll never, I'll never give up on you, Lord. I need your spirit, God. I need your spirit, Lord. Help me tonight, God. Help me tonight. Help me to follow you. Help me to pray more. Help me to draw near to you, God. I need you, Jesus. I need you guiding me each and every day. I need you in the morning. I need you in the noonday. I need you in the night. 
There's not a single time that I don't need you in my life. Let's lift our hands and pray right all around this house tonight, church. You are so good, God. I don't deserve this grace. I don't deserve this, this life that you have given me, God. You've been nothing but good to me, Jesus. I will surrender to you over and over and over as many times as I need to surrender. Paul said, I die daily. He repented daily. He surrendered daily. I want to be like Paul. I want to be someone who knows I can never make it without you, Lord. I need your spirit today, God. I need your spirit right now, Lord Jesus. Use us, use us here in this place tonight, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.
Oh. 